0: This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Wheeler area, located at 1500 South Allen L. Bean Boulevard in Wheeler, Texas. Our regular meeting times are at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. each Sunday. Come join us as we seek to worship God in spirit and in truth. What you see on the board, we all recognize as a date, a calendar date in history as it is, but what that really is is just a little tiny bit of information that's recorded on a government document. Many of you have a similar such uh, document. This happens to be a copy of my own. And yes, the edges of mine are yellow. It's been around for a while. But uh, This document has a lot of information on it, Uh, information that can possibly be useful in job application, citizenship, password recovery. But that April 23rd, 1956, that that has a little bit of significance because it was at that exact point in time, April 23rd, 1956, 5.17 p.m., it was a Monday, that I began to die and have been approaching that inevitable end ever since then, with each passing moment, each passing second. I can't truly say that I remember this event, but I know it happened. I've got the document. And I can prove that it did happen. And I'm grateful that my arrival at that inevitable end hasn't been in a real big hurry to get here. But I've done some things over the years that might have hastened it along some, but hasn't got here yet. But I do know it's coming. It's coming, and uh, it's going to get here. When my turn to speak was approaching, I didn't have a topic and I was frustrated. I couldn't, couldn't think of anything. So I mentioned to David that my turn was rapidly arriving and I didn't have a topic and I was running out of time. And David said, simply speak on that. So that is my topic for the day, running out of time. So what is Time. If you were to look it up in the dictionary, you can see numerous definitions. It can be an era, it can be a duration, it can be an age, it can be history, it can be uh, future events, it can be a calendar year, it can be uh, a month, a week, a day. Our calendar years we measure by the amount of time it takes for the Earth to make one trip around the Sun. This is where we get a year. Our calendar days, I mean, each individual days, we get by the amount of time it takes for the Earth to revolve on its axis, one time. And mankind has been marking time in this way for thousands of years. Over 6,000 years, I don't know the exact number, but it's over 6,000 years that they've been marking time and recording it with the passage of days. All of this has a very definite starting point, and we've all read it, but we're going to look again, and we read there, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void And darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. There you have it. Plain and simple, that is the exact point at which time began. It started there. And we've been recording time ever since then with the passage of days. So then you might ask, well, how much time? Like I say, uh, we've been uh, going around the sun for over 6,000 years now. But it kind of depends on who you're talking to when you ask how much time. If you're talking to a child who is awaiting their next birthday, a year may seem like a very long time, forever. If you're talking to a bull rider who's attempting to stay on the back of an animal for eight seconds, he might tell you that each and every one of those seconds is a very long time. If you're talking to the elderly, and I noticed this myself in recent years, a year doesn't seem to be so long anymore. So we're gonna take a look at some scriptures. We'll start off in Psalms uh, 39 and verse four. And there we read, Lord, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days what it is, that I may know how frail I am. Behold, thou hast made my days as a handbreadth, and mine age is nothing before thee. And verily, every man in his best state is altogether vanity." And then you have that word, Selah. I didn't know what that meant. So I looked it up in Strong's Dictionary, and that just simply means to pause. So it's like, okay, you've said all of that, now take a breath. But that's that's what that word means. Okay, we'll go from there. We're going to go to Psalms 89 and verse 47, where we read, Remember how short my time is. Wherefore hast thou made all men in vain? What man is he that liveth and shall not see death? Shall he deliver his soul from the hand of the grave? Here he is saying that everybody is going to die and nobody can escape that. Nobody can get away from the grave. And I sincerely hope that everyone here today, all of our friends, all of our our relatives, all of our neighbors, everybody living in town and all the surrounding towns, I sincerely hope that we all have long healthy lives, but the fact of the matter is we're running out of time from the moment of our birth to present, and we don't have a guarantee that there's going to be another day tomorrow. Let's take a look at James chapter 4 and verse 13, and there we read, go to now you that say today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year. And buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. You notice what it says there? For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. A vapor a mist, something very short-lived. Nobody wants to think that they're running out of time, but we all are. We are even given information concerning an estimate of how much. In uh, Psalms 90 and verse 9, we read, For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are threescore years and ten. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is there strength and labor, strength, labor, and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Last part of verse 9 there says, we spend our years as a tale that is told. King James Version says, we finish our years like a sigh how long is a sigh (sighs) not too long it's it's very short-term event but it says there we have a approximately three score in 10 years and a score that's 20 and 10 that's 70 so and if we're strong or or healthy we might see 80 We have people here today who are over 80 already and we're grateful for this. We want to be able to spend every possible minute we can with all of these individuals and we're grateful that they've made it to this uh, age of 80 or more. But we all know that we have an inevitable end to face. We're going to look now at Hebrews. 9 and verse 27, where we read, and as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. It is appointed, that's, that's a predetermined time. If you have a doctor's appointment, a dentist appointment, or uh, the cable TV guy is gonna come and install your TV, that means someone somewhere wrote down on a little calendar Uh, A date and time that you're expected to meet with them and while it might be conceivable possible that you could miss one of those appointments without too serious a consequence that right there and as it is appointed unto men once to die but after this the judgment that's an appointment that everybody's going to keep It means that there is going to be a time that we will all reach that will pass from this earth. We don't know how. We don't know when. Might be an accident. It might be illness. It might be natural causes. But we are going to reach our appointed time and keep that particular appointment. So then we ask, so how are we going to use this time? Well, just to use the number 80 as a guideline, the first 15 years of this is childhood. And we spend 20 years in bed. Last five or so years may be hard on us, and we may be less able to do. physical activities that we did when we were kids. Both of my parents, we talked into going ziplining after they were 80. But it don't work that way for everybody. So here you are with uh, all this time used up in this manner and you have maybe 35, 40 years left. And that's to live. And part of that, you're gonna uh, have to use cooking and, and eating and going to work, uh, figuring your income taxes. So you only have a certain amount of time, and you've got, you're using up some of it on these other uh, daily essentials, I guess you say. So uh, what, what do you do with your time? The scriptures say in Ephesians, uh, verse, uh, in chapter 5 and verse 15, see then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. If there was ever a time when this statement was true, it, it applies today. If you just look around, the days are evil. But, Okay, from there, we're going to go to Colossians. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Twice now, we've seen that term redeeming. Redeeming the time. So, uh, what does redeem mean? Well, again, I use Strong's Dictionary, and it means to buy up. That is, to ransom. Ransom. Figuratively, rescue from lost, improve opportunity. So, how do you buy up time? Well, perhaps you can uh, dedicate certain amount of your time to additional prayer, or perhaps um, more time spent in study or talking to the people in the community that um, you might want to encourage to attend the services. These might be some ways that we could redeem time. We spend an awful lot of time on the freeways or stuck in traffic. Perhaps, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. uh, Spend an awful lot of time stuck in traffic. Both sides of my grandparents, both sets, did a lot of their travel in horse and wagon. And I wonder if moving at a slower pace as they did, they didn't have more time than we do now. We have cars today that will travel over 100 miles an hour. We have airplanes that can cross the Atlantic Ocean in four and a half hours. And here we are spending all this Time hurrying from one place to another, rushing here and rushing there, always on the go. And most of us don't know what we're going to do when we get there. Perhaps some of that time you spend on the freeway or stuck in traffic, perhaps you can uh, devote some time to meditation towards God or spend it in prayer. You could pray for your safe journey, your safe arrival at uh, your destination. You could uh, pray for rain, pray for your crops, pray for your livestock. Pray for that guy in the car next to you. You don't know him, but you want him to get there safe too. But, please, if you're someone who cannot divide your attention... Focus your attention on your driving and don't make driving conditions unsafe. If you're one of those who can't multitask, well, wait till you get home. But the point is, set aside additional time to study, uh, to pray, talk to the people in the community, um, visiting the sick. Dedicate more time to this. We... uh, We know that we're running out of time, and we're going to look in Romans 13 and verse 11. And that, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than we believed. Wake up. That's what it says. It says, wake up. Now is the time. Our salvation is nearer than we think. We have to wake up and be ready. What do we need to be ready for? Well, we know that Christ is going to return. And we have to be ready for that event, whether we're still alive at that time or whether we have passed on. But we have to be ready and be in a condition acceptable unto God. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, we don't know when he's coming, but we do know that he is. We see this in Mark 13, verse 32. But of that day and that hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Take ye heed, watch and pray, for you know not when the time is. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey, who left his house and gave authority to his servants, and to every man his work, and commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh, at even, or at midnight, or at cock-crowing, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you all, and what I say unto all, watch. And then we get down to my final point, which is, uh, is time different for us than it is for God? And you might say, well, that's a dumb question. Of course it is. And yes, that's the answer. Of course it is. But time doesn't apply to God. God. Time as we know it, God doesn't recognize. I can't imagine time in God's existence. I just know that it doesn't apply to him. Uh, This is not just me talking. I've got a scripture scripture or two. Psalms 90 and verse 4. For a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it is past. And like a watch in the night. A watch is four hours. It's a very short period of time, and he's comparing that to a thousand years as if they're the same to God. In Second Peter, we see almost the exact same statement. Second Peter 3 and uh, verse 8. There we read, but beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord. Whoops, where did it go? Okay, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day, even before time began. God was and is and always will be. I'm going to go look at Psalms 90 and verse 2 Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from What did I do? I turned everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Everlasting to everlasting. No beginning, no end. Okay, we'll look at one more and then I'll quit because I'm running out of time. Uh, Psalms 103 and verse 15. As for man, his days are as grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passeth over it, and it is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. If you were to reach the end of your time today, if you were to run out of time, could you say with a surety that your sins are forgiven? Could you say positively that you are saved and completely acceptable to God? God? Or would you be one of these who says, oh no, not yet, I need, I need five more minutes. I just need a little more time, 30 seconds. Sorry, it don't work that way. Then in every single day, there's 1,440 minutes. And that also equals uh, 86,400 seconds. And when it's gone, it's gone. Don't care how rich you are or how important you are in the community, how many friends you have, or any none of that matters. When you run out of time, it's gone. You can't buy up a few more minutes, stockpile some and use it later. When you run out of time, it's gone. Please do not allow your time to run out without obeying the gospel. This is a required. There's there's only five steps. Well, six, but it's it's not difficult. First we have to hear. Revelations 1 and verse 3. We read, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Then you have to believe. Hebrews 11 and 6. But without faith is it impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Then you have to repent. And the times of this ignorance God winked at. But now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Because he hath appointed a day in the which... He will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men in that he hath raised him from the dead. And then you need to confess. Matthew 10 and 32 Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, Him will I also deny before my Father, which is in heaven. And then you need to be baptized. Mark 16 and 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. These are the steps to salvation, but as I said, there are six steps. And the last one is to live a godly life. Uh, Romans 12 and verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you have questions about what you have heard or would like to know more information, please contact us by emailing cfcwheelerarea at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook or Instagram and send us a message there.